Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Puddett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning, Marjorie. And the theme today is renovation update. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> if you hear a hammer or a saw or something in the background, that is because that's what's happening. Downstairs, two floors below me is the madness. And I have to say that because I've renovated a couple of houses, I counted them up last night. I've renovated or built seven houses. Whoa. And what you're going through right now, you're seven weeks in and it's the noise. That's what used to get to me was the noise all day long. And this is when you should be really grateful that you get to leave for work. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. I do feel that way. I was just talking with my sisters last night about this and my middle sister Katie stays home with her three kids and then she works she does some part-time work and she but she does that from home and I said Katie you would never be able to live through this because it would just make you crazy when you're at home of everything I mean so we we're pretty fortunate in that we have a limited amount of time at home but this I think is the toughest part I was feeling really good about it. And I've been really trying to have a positive attitude about this because I fully understand the magnitude of what we're doing is something that most people in the world don't get to do. Right. Right. I mean, we have a really beautiful house and we get to do an amazing kitchen renovation. Right. Which is your joy and your love. Yes. But it does not come without its stresses because it's sort of how I felt about planning a wedding. I mean, it's just constantly running in the background of so many things that you can and should be doing. Right. And thinking, this is so much money. The money part of it is weighing on me. And it's just kind of the reality of it, Marjorie. And I just don't think that you understand how much money it truly costs to do this stuff until you get into it. Well, here's the problem with that is having done as many as I've done, and some of them were pretty small renovations, but two of them were big kitchen renovations. And one of them, we built a house from scratch. So there were some checks that were going out the door that were like, whoa, look at that go. Oh, there it goes. There goes goes another one. (laughs) But I think part of the problem is that people watch, I'm, I'm not saying you, but people watch shows about renovating and the numbers that come up on those shows just aren't real. When you see on these shows what people can do when they say like, oh, we did this kitchen for $20,000. It doesn't it's, happen. It doesn't happen. It absolutely not, doesn't happen. There's no it, way. I mean, unless you're doing every bit of it yourself. But I talked to my contractor the other day. He said he did 90% of the work himself on his main level and it still cost him 80 grand. It's, yeah. I mean, it is just that expensive. It's that expensive. And, and the truth of it is, if you're doing a kitchen reno for $20,000 and you're hiring a contractor to do it, you ought to be really afraid. Because the work isn't going to be good. And that's really 
that's part of the problem is they give, you know, those numbers come up and they're low. And so people think I have to match those numbers. But what you always want to do, what you have to do is find people who are licensed, that they could do quality work because it's your home and they're actually working with things. This goes back to best of the nest. When you're doing a renovation, the best thing you can do for your nest is to make sure that the gas lines are good, your electrical is good, because you want to make sure your family's safe. And so that's my big complaint when I see those numbers is I just feel like they come in really low, which leads people to think, oh, I can do it for that amount. And then they might find contractors that can, but you may not be getting the kind of quality work that you have to get to make sure that your family's safe. I think you're totally right. It's really, really important. I actually feel pretty passionate about that because it just it just bugs. It just really bugs me because I just think we all want beautiful homes and it sort of dangles that it's possible for this amount of money. And then people get into a renovation and the scary thing is, is once you're in, you're in. You're in. And you can't go back. Like you can't, st- I don't mean to put more pressure on you, but you can't stop right now. Listen, I will post apart. on our Instagram and our Facebook the picture of the hole in the back of my house. Right. And that will show you why I can't go back because yeah. there is a giant hole in the back of my house. And you're totally right. Once you're in, you're in. And you really have less control over the costs of things than you think. Yeah. Because they're going to find problems. They're going to find problems. I mean, we just had an issue where this is a major renovation. I mean, when I say kitchen renovation, that's a little bit misleading because it is tearing down a wall between the kitchen and the dining room. It's renovating the entire kitchen. It is it is making those two spaces cohesive. Yeah, you're and renovating your house. Yes, we're adding some really fun things. It's also a renovation of a powder bath. And oh. it's finishing a small outdoor vestibule, you know, that we had that was just kind of like a walk up and into the right. house that right. is being finished and turned into a small mudroom. So all of those have all sorts of elements and it all has to come together. Well, here's an example. I mean, just the other day, my contractor says, okay, listen, we got a little problem with the mudroom. Our initial plan was to put the flooring over the brick that's out there and we're going to do heated floors so we don't have to have like a heat source out there. Oh, that's good. And he goes, well, the problem is the brick slants. So if we put the flooring on top of it, it's going to be an inch higher than the hardwood that it's going to meet up against going into the kitchen an inch higher. And so I said, okay, well, what do we do about that? Well, when they pulled up the bricks, they found that underneath the brick, it was just like a pile of limestone and sand. So they have to pull it all out and then do concrete. Yeah. Concrete in that area. And guess what that is? $2,500, Marjorie. I mean, I'm just giving you the numbers because I'm like that one small problem was $2,500 that was not accounted for. And guess what's not fun? $2,500 on a light fixture, fun. I mean, that's expensive, but fun. (laughs) But fun. But $2,500 on concrete to go underneath a floor that you have to pay for the floor too. So not fun. So not not fun. fun. So not fun. So it's been those things that have been hard. And then then it's a lot of decisions. And it is, it's so much money. And you realize when it comes to your home, not just the everyday, you know, the everyday flow is a challenge, but just that added stress is a challenge. I mean, Jay and I, 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 Jay and I have gotten in multiple fights about this and he just, it's hard to communicate clearly with everyone because it's like, we have our contractor, we have our designer, we have me and we have Jay and effort to make sure that everybody knows what's happening and the changes that are happening are, is a real challenge. So, I mean, I've talked to people who have been like, I can't believe I didn't get divorced when I did a kitchen remodel. It was so hard. It was the worst. It was crazy. It was worth it, but it was so challenging. I mean, it's amazing what people will tell you about the horror stories. And then you add in horror stories about 
contractors who take money and don't show up right. or oh. just leave or just don't finish it or whatever. And thank God we're not having that experience. Yeah. I mean, if you've hired a good team, I think the the only advice I give to people when they ask me about renovating or even because I mean, we we've talked about houses before a lot, just you and I. And I think the advice I always try and give people is you really do have to sort of I always looked at it as it was part of Punnett Corporation. Yeah. So it immediately became, and I think we had a different feeling about our houses. So this was easier for me. I always sort of looked at houses as part of the business. You know, it was like, how are we going to do this that I'm not going to blow a budget, that if I resell the house, we're going to make some money. And so for me, just that level of detachment made it a little bit easier. Yeah. I will say in St. Paul, I didn't live by that as much as I should have. And I sort of did the house of my dreams, which made it that much harder to sell when we left the Twin Cities. We did things that were just really, really beautiful. I don't regret it, but I did break my own rule. But the rule always had sort of been, I was really good about setting up exactly what we were going to do and not make any changes and just sort of plow forward. And yeah. as much as anybody can do that, and I think it sounds like you're doing that in a lot of ways. You've made the decisions. You sort of had the vision. I mean, I've known people who have gotten into renovations and like change what room they're going to add onto their house. Like, oh, no. may, like I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like major changes. So by the end of the renovation, they're a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars over, over because they were they were over what they were going to spend anyway because they were making all of these changes along the way because if you're doing a big reno that involves an architect that involves and all of those people are going to charge you they're going to charge you by the hour they're going to charge you the overage fees so I mean I think the one thing that it seems like you're doing really well is you have a plan and you're going to stick with it and I think for anybody that's planning a renovation is do all the planning you know really try and plan up front so that once every Everybody's in your house. And I, I've loved most of my contracting teams. You can get them out of the house as fast as possible. Yeah, you're that's totally the case. right. Just get it's them the, the heck out of the house. It's the changes that kill you. And, and it's the unexpected. Because in some ways, yeah. when you have an old yeah. house, and I think this is kind of with any house, old houses in particular. I mean, they ripped down our walls and found that we had straw for insulation. Yeah, I mean, that's just so, frightening. It is. <laughs> So, well, I told you, I think, you know, we renovated a, a big old Charleston style house in, in, in Atlanta. And that was a full kitchen renovation. And they went in and the contractor almost fell through. They ripped up the first hardwood floors. And then the contractor almost fell through the floor down to the dirt because there was no subfloor. Oh. None. It had rotted away. Like at some point, somebody was going to fall through that floor. It had rotted away. So suddenly it was sort of the same deal as with concrete. Suddenly they're like, oh, so sorry. You may have to rebudget your appliances because we need to rebuild the floor because, look, you can see dirt now. That's not great. Right. No. Yeah. So it's like, OK. So you spend a couple of thousand dollars making sure you because you, you have to foundationally do it right and build up. And so with those older homes, sometimes it requires rebuilding the foundation. But I just think it's it's a hard it's where you are right now is the hardest part because a lot of money's going out. You're not seeing how beautiful it's going to be. But I think you should be close to you should be close to the end of the unexpected because they've ripped everything so open. Yeah, because they've ripped which it is, all up. Which is that's where you should just breathe this huge sigh of relief. Yes. You know the unknowns. So that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. And we just did. So we just did a little revisit of the 
contractor bid based on the unexpected things that right. came up. Yeah. And I mean, they're right. They say budget for 10 to 20 percent over on that stuff. And we're going to be right at about that. Yeah. So that I mean, we're under it right now, but I think by the end we'll end up being a little bit over that. So that part is hard. I'm trying really hard to make some high low decisions, which I right. feel like if you're thinking about renovating and you are thinking about the design for our appliances, I want a fabulous commercial range. I mean, yep. this is just, this is what I've wanted my entire life. I absolutely want it. I know the lines that I want. I know the brands. I've been looking at them and doing as much as I can. And so I'm investing in a really great range and it's from Blue Star Marjorie and it is so fabulous and it's going to be 36 inch platinum range. So, I mean, it's legit like commercial grade. One of the burners goes up to 25,000 BTUs. It feels like power. (laughs) It's fantastic. And I'm coming from the electric cooktop that I had at this house prior could barely boil a stock pot of water. So I am like in the money zone. I'm so excited about it. And it's going to have brass trim on it, Marjorie. So the oven handle and then the little surrounds of the knobs will have like a beautiful brass trim. And then the rest of it will be stainless. So I'm going high end on that. But we're also doing then a wall oven and a microwave. And I'm going with a less expensive version. Like I'm not doing anything, any of the premium appliances for that. And the dishwasher is not going to be premium because for different people, it's different priorities. I just talked to a friend of mine. He has like a $4,000 dishwasher and it can wash (laughs) dishes in it can wash dishes in 24 minutes. You don't care. Washed, dried. And I was thinking, wow, that sounds great. But to me, the range is where I'm really splurging and what I want to be something fantastic. To be honest, to be honest, I don't care how long it takes the dishes to get clean. I (laughs) mean, as long as somebody else is doing them, including a dishwasher. I mean, I would like that. But you, you know, and then the the tile, for example. So my mom did an apartment building that she owns in Airbnbs that's so cute. Well, she happened to have 14 boxes of leftover white subway tiles. That's fabulous. So I'm using that white subway tile. That is also, by the way, Marjorie, the cheapest subway tile you can buy. I mean, it's like $2 a square foot. It's great. And It'll so, be beautiful. And it's even cheaper for me because it's free. Yes. So I got that is going to go on the backsplash, but I'm splurging on a really beautiful black and white marble tile in the mudroom because I know that's where we're coming in every day. That's where our family's going to be walking in. And I want that to be like a showstopper, beautiful, feel like a French hotel kind of a space. And so I'm splurging on that, but I got the subway tile, which was cheap. And I got it for free. So for I'm cheaper. sort of trying to do that balance of high and low, which to me feels good. And the beautiful thing about what you're doing, too, and it's something I have to admit I've never done, is you're creating your forever home. Yeah. And I have never done that. And so it's sort of fun to hear you make the choices of things that you've wanted for so long and things that you that just foundationally will change your every day to have the cooktop of your dreams. You're the kind of person that's actually really going to use it. It's not a showpiece. It does enrage me when I see amazing like Viking appliances in and then people in their homes go, but we don't cook. I'm like, I, <laughs> I want to I want to kick you. That's, I want to yeah, kick you. Right. In the 
the shin. Just in the shin. Not anywhere really important, but just in the shin. Because that's just wrong. That's just wrong. (laughs) Okay, so now you have to tell you. So it's so funny because you said you went from the electric cooktop to this beautiful new range. But I would have to correct you and say you've actually gone from porch cooking to this beautiful range. Tell me how the porch situation and the porch kitchen's going. Because I'm fascinated. Whenever you post pictures, I'm like, she's amazing. If that were me, it'd be like, we are totally at the buffet down the street. Like, there'd be no cooking going on in my house. You know, the porch kitchen, so we have a three-season porch. That's pretty cool because it kind of looks like a cabin. And we have a really traditional-looking house. And then we have, like, this cool porch cabin-y thing off the back that we really like. Right. And so I just created a kitchen out there. I We have our um, we have a little table and chairs that seats four outside <laughs> there in the porch. And that was, right. you know, that's already there. And then I put up one of those big, you know, those like cool $80 um, stainless steel racks from Home Depot. Yep. So we have one of those up against the wall where I have all of our um, pantry items. And then we have in the porch kitchen a microwave, a um, a griddle, and then a toaster oven. And then Jay also purchased a flat top grill. So we've been using those things. And the two trouble spots are that the fridge is in the basement. So we kept our fridge from our old kitchen, put it in the basement. We're going to have that as a, as a bonus basement fridge, which I love. And then the I have to wash dishes in the laundry sink. <laughs> that's not bad. So that's kind of a pain, but we've been doing, I just got more compostable paper plates and um, I was using up some old plastic silverware that we had and now I'm or everything is switching to compostable because I just can't do the plastic. So we're, you know, we're just using those things and I'm still doing like eggs and sausage and breakfast sandwiches and toast and like grilling up chicken and all of that. And part of that, Marjorie, is that honestly, it's a little bit of self-preservation with the budget because- yeah. I had heard from so many people who said we went, we were so out of control because we ate out for every single meal. Yeah. It's very easy with a family of four. If we were eating out, if we were like picking up breakfast and eating out for dinner, I mean, it's so easy to get to a hundred dollars a day. Oh, in in a blink of an eye, in a blink of an eye. And so when you add that up over, you know, the course of this three to four month project, I'm going, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drop another $3,000 or $4,000 on eating out. And so we've been trying to minimize that. And so that's been part of it. And also just to keep me cooking, because that's something that's really important to me, but also while simplifying. So we have the porch kitchen and I cook on the porch every day. It's been amazing to watch. It absolutely has been amazing (laughs) to watch. One more question for you, because I do think this is really the biggest issue when you renovate and it's how to keep your marriage strong and continue to like the person that you married because it's very stressful. If you had to say, what advice would you give somebody? Because I have no advice because I I think they were always stressful. So I don't know how we kept it together as many times as we did it. I know. It's so, you know, it's really stressful. I think one of the things, I mean, we've gotten in, the last two weeks have been probably tougher where we've had the moments of like, what is happening here? And where we've gotten more stressed out. But prior to that, it was really going quite smoothly. I think we really set up the expectations. I mean, I was super clear with Jay at the beginning. I just said, we have 
an amazing life. We have this beautiful home that we have worked so hard for and dreamed of. I mean, we were in our tiny house for so long and to get to have this space is something that we just were waiting for. Right. Most people don't get to have this. We saved for, we worked for, we, you know, we lived well below our means for a long time so that we could now live above our means. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Elizabeth. That's what we're doing. And then uh, we get to do this kitchen renovation. I mean, at the end of this, we're going to get to have something great. Aside from the fact that we have a strong relationship and we have two beautiful, healthy children. It's just, I I was really intentional at the the beginning of this about saying, I'm just not going to let this break me. I'm not going to let this break me. And that doesn't mean that I'm not giving myself the allowance to be upset. I mean, I took a day off a couple of weeks ago to go shopping for light fixtures and um, plumbing fixtures and like make these final decisions with my mom. And we got to the light fixture store and I stood out in the parking lot and cried for about 10 minutes before I could even go in because I was just feeling like this weight of this pressure and these decisions and, and the money. I mean, yeah. And there's a guilt that came along with it. And this, again, you know, this, this sounds privileged and it is, I realize I'm coming from a place of privilege here, but when I just feel like I get to do this, I know other people don't get to do this. And then it makes it even kind of feel, ah, oh gosh, this is so much. It's just been a little bit of something that I've had to work through. So I'm giving myself the grace to just cry and feel overwhelmed and feel stressed while at the same time doing my best to make sure that we're still enjoying this summer and we're enjoying this time together and we're having a sense of humor about it. Well, I think, too, one of the things about creating a home, and it's going to be a beautiful home, and I think that's what you have to keep in your heart and your head, is that what you're creating is a space that will allow you to be your better self out in the world. It'll allow your kids to feel like they have they have a safe place that's beautiful and lovely. I mean, I think one of my regrets in terms of the house that our kids grew up in, that my kids grew up in, was lovely and fun and beautiful. But I never made them feel like, because we never really knew how long we would be in We really did sort of do the journeyman sort of media career. Mm-hmm. We had lived in a lot of cities, and we had sort of committed that we wanted to stay forever in the Twin Cities. Like, once we landed there, I love Minnesota. But I think the kids felt a little bit of fragility in, in the house. Like, how long will we be here? Because we didn't have family in Minnesota. So I think that was part of them not necessarily thinking this was going to be their forever home. And I think there's something really special, no matter what size your house is, no matter where you live, that you always think of it as your forever home no matter how long you really are going to be there. And I sort of regret, I think I always felt like, oh, you know, we've got this, we're such a great, flexible family. We can do anything. We can, we can always, we're scrappy. You know, we can just be and do whatever we need to be. (laughs) But I think in that sort of scrappiness, I sort of robbed them a little bit of the sense of full security. And not to scare anybody, but nobody has security. You never know how long you're going to be in a in a space. That's so, so, true. so the idea that I was trying to prepare them that they might not be was so stupid. Let them feel that this is the home that they'll be in forever. You know, <laughs> and I think I think that's what you're building. And I think when you when you feel a little overwhelmed, just 
sit in that idea of how nice it is to be able to gather there. And, you know, the contractors are going to go away. And I swear to God, the day every work person walks out of your house, it's like it never happened. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's like childbirth. You just forget. it's, It's so strange how quickly you just sort of sink in to what you've done and you don't even think about what you went through. At least that's how it was for me. Like the minute they would walk out the door, it was like, ah, you could breathe. And you just didn't think about it. It was wonderful. So that's coming. So I know. What's, what's the timeline? So the timeline, I mean, well, we're just getting a finalized schedule for the next few weeks. So I'm thinking it's probably going to be eight more weeks. Okay. You could seven do Seven to eight more weeks. So we're probably at about the halfway point. And now... Um, the framing has all been done. The electrical, I think, is pretty much done. The plumbing, there's a little bit more to do. They have to plumb in for our hood above our range, right. which, you know, when you decide that you want, like, the commercial range, then you have to get a bigger hood. It's a big <laughs> one. It's a so big that's one. that's a thing. So then we will start seeing it pulled together. I talked with my architect designer yesterday and she said, you know, I know it's hard to believe, but as soon as the drywall, you know, the sheetrock goes up, that's when it feels big because I was in there yesterday just looking around with Jay and we were going, man, we're spending a lot of money on a space that doesn't feel that large because it's just down to the studs. And she said, it's totally counterintuitive that when it's down to the studs, it looks smaller. And when you put up all of the sheetrock, it's going to look bigger. And at this point, it's hard for me to even imagine the final product. I can't even think of how that's all going to come together. So that's where I sort of feel in this little hole of this is our new normal. And this is just how things are. The ease will come too. like for me, whenever I could get to the point where they've got the drywall up, and they've sanded all the seams, that's when life gets better. Because that's when I was, I hated the dust. I just hated the dust. And so once that was done, that was the last really dusty bit of a renovation. I mean, there's still mess, but that was the last of it. And so I would obsessively clean, like I would obsessively (laughs) get the dust up. And then once that was done, you could sort of, that I knew that we were sort of on the downslope, that we were going to finish up and it was going to be great. So you just got to get to that point, but it is hard. It is hard. We're keeping on, keeping on. I think, you know, the one last little piece of advice that I would say in your relationship and we just had this conversation yesterday is to not take it personally when your partner is upset about yeah. it. So yeah. it's a, it's really easy for me because I'm sort of the main contact because I'm making a lot of the main decisions because right. frankly the kitchen is my deal. Yeah. So I want it to be a certain way and Jay understands that in terms of functionality of the cooking because that's right. what I love to do. And he got upset about something that we were working through with the contractor and he was getting heated and talking about it and I I immediately started taking it personally like it was my fault and I had to fix it. And he said, why are you assuming that because I'm upset about this part of it, that it's your fault? He's like, we're the team. They're the ones that are coming in to do the work and we've hired them to do the work, but we are the team. So it's us and then it's them. And that doesn't mean that we're not all working together because we certainly are. But he said, me getting upset about something with them doesn't mean I'm upset with you because you're on their team. We're the team. And that that helped to resonate with me a lot. I have to say, Elizabeth, go give Jay a big hug because that's one of the sweetest things I've ever heard in the midst of a renovation. Yeah. That's just one of the the things he said before that weren't that sweet, but then that was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to share with one, one thing with you before we go, because this is the one thing 
that in a renovation I think was genius, that I created, that I've never seen anywhere else, and it hasn't caught on. So it may not have been genius. But but I still think it was really cool. So we had our house in, and this cost a little bit of money, so that might be part of the problem too. We had our house in Atlanta. It was a big old house, so when you walked up to the second floor, there was like a whole room before you would walk to the right, which was the kids' room, and to the left was our room. So it was like in you know in old in old houses they have those big landing spaces. Yeah, that's what we have. Yeah. So well, this was weird and quirky, and so you could there was enough space in that room to make a proper hallway and then have another room behind it. So what wow. I did was yeah, it was it was it was weird, you know. So I created so you walk up the stairs, I created a hallway, and then in the room behind it, which ended up being like ten by fifteen. So big room. I created a family laundry room closet. Yes. So my kids were in like, they were little. I mean, they were in preschool. I was doing laundry all the time. It was like there was there was only four of us and there was so much laundry. So I thought it would be brilliant to have the washer and dryer on the second floor. And then I had California closets come in and then line the walls with shelves and drawers. So smart. And so what I did is when I would do the laundry, I put it all away there. Every bit of clothing in the house was in the family laundry room. Okay, this is great. And then part of what was great about that, it was a teeny, it was an old house, a big old house, but the closets were all tiny. And so it was kind of cool and kind of weird all at the same time. And we moved out before the kids, before it would have been weird. Because can you imagine as teenagers, if you have a family (laughs) closet... Like, it made sense, but I often think about, like, the people that bought the house, did they rip that out? Like, it was so idiosyncratic to me, but it was really wonderful to, like, you just imagine doing the laundry and then putting it all away in the same room. In the same room. It's just done, and then everybody just goes in to get their stuff. I think with kids, it's brilliant, because currently on my large landing that I have, there are two massive laundry baskets filled overflowing with clothes that are sitting right there waiting to be folded and put away. And half the time at this point, my child just goes to that basket and picks out her clothes for the day. And it's like, here's the underwear. I'll grab them. And they haven't even made it to her closet because my week has been so busy. Yeah. So that was my brilliant idea that never caught on. I've never seen it anywhere else, but I will tell you for the three years that we were in that house, it was wonderful. I think it's brilliant. I love it, Marjorie. So much fun. Okay. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. And if you have a moment, we'd also love for you to give us a review at Apple Podcasts. We want to say thank you to Gracie333. She wrote, I'm a new mom and it is so great to listen to their words of wisdom. So lucky to have this help me navigate motherhood. Oh, Gracie, you've got this mama. I know. And that I just loved reading that because Gracie, See, motherhood can be the most exhilarating time in your life, but it can also be a very scary and lonely time. So if in any way we make you feel like there's a community around you, that makes me so, so happy. Please reach out to us. You can find both of us on Instagram at Best to the Nest or at Eliz Reese or at It's Me Marjorie One. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, let those hammers fly, darling. There they go, guys. Revving up a saw right now. See you next time. 